Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. The question is this, have you ever felt like you have missed out on something? You know, maybe that's, it's that great deal that got away from you or that missed opportunity that you let pass you by, or maybe it's that relationship that you didn't invest enough time or energy into. I think every one of us, no matter where we are, we have felt that at some point. But do you know this, that you can actually have that feeling, I believe, when it comes to your faith. In fact, I have to ask with you, I have felt that way especially when it comes to what we're going to talk about or who we're going to talk about this morning, and that's the Holy Spirit. When it comes to the Trinity, we talk a lot about the Father, and we talk a lot about the Son, but the problem is this, is we neglect the Spirit. Not that we don't think He's important, because we do, but we don't give Him the same kind of attention. And as I read this book, I have to be honest with you, I felt kind of convicted because I know it was true in my life. But this is one thing I've realized. If we choose to live that way, we will miss out. We will. In John chapter 14, Jesus is comforting his disciples because he has told them that he must leave and they want him to stay. But what Jesus basically says to them is this, is you don't want me to stay because God is sending one who will help you and comfort you and teach you and be with you forever. And that is the Holy Spirit. And because of the Holy Spirit, he says this, you will do greater things. And so in Acts chapter 2, guess what happens? Yeah, the Spirit comes upon them. And for the rest of the book of Acts, what you see are those greater things that Jesus said that God would allow them to do through the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the exciting part. That same Spirit that was in them is in us. And that Spirit is wanting to do greater things. In fact, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, is that we are told to walk in the Spirit. So here's the big question that we need to wrestle with this morning. It's this, is how exactly do we do that? Well, I think the first thing is this, is that we need to find an example. And the Bible tells us that our example is Jesus. But some will say this, is Jesus really our example? Because yes, he was fully human, but he was also fully God. And so how can, his exa- how can we follow his example? Because we are fully human, but we're not fully God. Well, it's interesting, Paul answers that for us in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 8, says this, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to, be, to, to use to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being f- found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because all of this is true, here's the great thing, is that Jesus is our best example of what it means to walk in the Spirit. And so first, we need to find an example. Second, we need to actually follow that example. And throughout the Gospels, uh, where Jesus' life is recorded for us, what Jesus does is this, is he actually lays out an example of what it looks like to actually walk in the Spirit. And so this morning, what I want to do very quickly is this, is I kind of want to hit on three ingredients 
that Jesus demonstrated for us in our lives that we need to have in order to be able to walk in the Spirit. And those three ingredients are simply this. You may want to write these down so you don't forget them. Prayer, God's Word, and obedience. Let's look at the first one, prayer. For Jesus, prayer was an essential component of his daily life. Prayer saturated every aspect of his life and every aspect of his ministry. You see, Jesus modeled an authentic prayer life for his disciples. In fact, so well that listen to what happens in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. As his disciples were watching Jesus pray, they knew there was something different about the way he interacted with the Father compared to the way the Pharisees interacted with the Father. And so they're like, teach us how to pray that way because it's so real and it's so authentic. In fact, Jesus did such a good job modeling prayer that Judas knew exactly where Jesus would be when it came time to betray him. And the reason why is because Judas knew this, that Jesus spent so much time in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. And so here's the question. Why did Jesus spend so much time praying? Well, it's because he wanted to make sure the Holy Spirit was guiding him. Because remember this, Jesus was living his life fully human. And because of that, he didn't know everything. And so, he needed to rely on God to lead him through the Holy Spirit. And that is why Jesus made it a priority to withdraw often and spend time with his Father in prayer. Now, let me give you the second ingredient that Jesus modeled for us if we're going to walk in the Spirit. He modeled the importance of God's Word in our life. As you read the Gospels, what you will notice is this, is that Jesus not only read God's Word, but he memorized it, and he meditated, he meditated on it. You see, Jesus actually allowed the Word of God to become a part of him. And where we see this demonstrated is in the temptation of Jesus. So if you get your Bibles or your phones this morning, what I want you to do is this. Take a moment and just open it to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 12. I want to show you this whole story because I want you to get this, all right? So Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 12, it says this. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to, them, if you are the, he said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell the stone to, turn to, uh, to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to them, I will, I will give you all authority and I will give you all of their authority and their splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
If you're the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, as we look at this passage, I want us to notice two things here. First of all, the role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he is being led by the Spirit. So get this, as he enters the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, he is not doing it in his own strength. He is totally dependent upon the Spirit. That's important for us to know. The second thing I want you to notice is this, is the role of the Word of God. Every time Satan tempted Jesus, what did Jesus do? Right. He quoted Scripture. In fact, the Scripture he quoted was actually from, it's actually from Deuteronomy. And it's as you watch this dialogue between Jesus and Satan, Satan kind of catches on. And in the last temptation, he actually uses Psalm 91 to try to trip Jesus up. Now, here's the key. God's Word was actually a part of who Jesus was. When he was tempted, he didn't pull out his scrolls and read the scripture because he had committed God's word to memory. So this is what I want you to get. In that moment of temptation, the Holy Spirit was able to use those verses to give Jesus the strength to resist. Because James says this in James 4, 7. He says, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And what this verse tells us is this, is submitting to God is actually holding to his truth, which allows us to resist the enemy, causing the enemy to flee. The word of God was part of who Jesus was. And this allowed the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God in Jesus' life as the Holy Spirit led him. The final ingredient that we see demonstrated for us by Jesus as he walked in the Spirit was simply this, was obedience. Jesus committed his life in obedience to the Father so that the Father would be glorified. In fact, listen to what Jesus prays. This is a prayer that he prays at the end of his ministry. In John chapter 17, verse 4, he says this, I have brought you glory on earth. By what? By finishing the work you gave me to do. Throughout the Gospels, what we see is this, is we see Jesus walking in obedience as the Holy Spirit led him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, we read before, is what it says, in being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by what? By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, don't forget this. Jesus didn't know all things. And so what happened was this, is that he was dependent on the Holy Spirit as the Father directed him. Now, Let's make this real for us this morning. I believe this morning, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, we all have a choice, and the choice is this. How am I going to live my life? 
You see, when we allow the Holy Spirit to have full access to our lives, what the Holy Spirit does is this, is He exposes things that are hidden in the dark corners of our lives. Things that need to be dealt with because they are holding us back from what God wants to do in and through us. See, the Holy Spirit does two important things in our lives. First, He convicts us of sin that needs to be dealt with. Sin that we like to hide. Second thing is this, is He stretches us in ways that causes our faith to grow. He motivates us and and encourages us to do things that make us feel uncomfortable and we don't think we can do. And see, both of these things are both things that make us uncomfortable. But I would tell you this, it is crucial in order for us to be used by God in the way He desires to use us. You see, this is the way that God wants us to live our lives. This is why Jesus couldn't stay because the Holy Spirit was coming so that we could do greater things. Let's talk about prayer for a moment. Is prayer a priority for us? Is it something that guides our life daily? Or is it something we tack on to a meal and a bedtime? You see, for Jesus, prayer was, the found, was foundational in his life in ministry. In fact, I would say this, that prayer was the constant invitation for the Spirit to move in Jesus' life. You see, Jesus spent so much time in prayer so that he wasn't running ahead of God, but was walking with him. And the guidance of the Holy Spirit actually allowed him to do that. So, Let me ask you, when was the last time we actually prayed and invited the Holy Spirit to actually lead us? If I'm being honest with you, there's a lot of times in my life where I'm not asking him to lead me, I'm asking him to catch up because I have all these these ideas that I want to do and so I'm just running ahead. But one thing I've noticed is this, is if we're going to walk in the Spirit, we need to know where God is leading us. We need to spend time in prayer, asking God for direction through His Spirit. But here's the thing, listen to me. That takes time. And so, we need to make it a priority. Let's look at the second one. This whole idea of God's Word, how does that play out in our lives? Is it part of our lives? Is it something that we hold as a priority? And and is it a lifeline that we see to God? See, we need to realize this. When you begin to pray that God's Spirit would guide you, that simple act, I believe, is a declaration of war against the enemy. Do you get that? It's a declaration of war against the enemy because when you do this, what happens is you become more of a serious threat to the enemy. When you get serious about God, you become more of a threat. Now understand this, I want you to get this. No spiritual ground in our lives that is taken for God goes unattested by the enemy. Let me read that again. No spiritual ground in our lives that is taken for God goes unattested by the enemy. 
So if you're here this morning, you're like, you know what, I'm going to begin to invite the Holy Spirit into my life because I want him to lead me. Let's not be foolish. Satan is not going to sit back and go, okay, go ahead. He is going to always push back because the ground that you've now claimed for God was once his, and he wants it back. But here's the great thing. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit helps us to stand firm. And get this, the Word of God is the fuel that the Holy Spirit uses. And so that is why it's so important that we make the Word of God a part of our lives by memorizing it. Because in those moments of struggle and temptation, you will not have the strength to go and grab your Bible and find a verse. You won't. In fact, I would say this, you'll probably be paralyzed But the cool thing is this, that spirit that lives within each one of us, that spirit, the Holy Spirit, will bring to mind those verses. And again, remember what what James 4, 7 said. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, we submit to God when we submit to his truth. And this allows us to resist the enemy. And the enemy will flee from us. The last one we need to talk about when it comes to our lives is obedience. I think for a lot of us, when we listen to God's word, we let it go in one ear and out the other. Right? But Jesus said this, anyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice, he is a fool. But anyone who hears these words of mine actually puts them into practice, or in other words, obeys them, is wise. So if prayer is the invitation and the word is the fuel, what I would say is this, is obedience is like the ignition. When Jesus lived in obedience to God's word, what happened is this, is the spirit of God or the Holy Spirit became more evident to Jesus. But not only to Jesus, it became more evident to those around him. Many times people would say, he teaches differently than the Pharisees did. He prays differently. And the reason why was because the Holy Spirit was flowing through Jesus. And I believe the same thing happens to us. When we live in obedience to God's word, what will happen is this, is we will begin to experience the Spirit of God in our lives in a greater way. When we walk in obedience, the Bible tells us the Spirit of of God comes alive. And not only that, but the Spirit of God is, is, is evident in our lives to those around us. I know we're in a time where there seems to be a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion and a lot of panic. But here's the thing, is God is still in control. The Spirit of God lives in us and God has promised us a spirit of peace and joy and calmness. And I believe this, that if we live that way during these times, people are going to look at us and go, okay, why are you behaving the way you're behaving? And what it is, it's the Holy Spirit working in and through us. You see, God wants us to live our lives plugged in and switched on. The reason God sent the Holy Spirit to us is so that we could do greater things for him. And looking at the life of Jesus who walked in the Spirit, there are those three ingredients for walking in the Spirit that we have to keep in mind. Prayer, 
which is the invitation, God's word, which is the fuel, and obedience, which is the ignition. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.